Hello everyone and welcome to this special podcast produced by the Western Weekender as we preview the 2020 NRL season for the Penrith Panthers. Here we go again, another season kicking off with fans starting to get excited about what the year ahead may offer. It is a season that kicks off with coronavirus fears surrounding the NRL schedule. Who knows how much of that could play a part this year. It is a season where two Clearies, Nathan and Ivan, have plenty to prove, where three new recruits could make a huge difference to Penrith's chances, and a season where some old heads go from great players to true leaders. We are going to preview it all today over the next 45 minutes or so, and I'm joined by Weekender Deputy Editor and Rugby League Reporter Nathan Taylor. G'day, Nathan. G'day, Troy. Ready for another year? Ready as always. And it all kicks off, of course, Saturday night, this Saturday night against the Roosters. Um... Can't start any better way, I guess, than against the world champion. Yeah, we should be have a huge crowd at uh, Panther Stadium on Saturday night. Um, we usually play the first game of the year against the Parramatta Eels, so it'll be quite different, but um, a huge game to kick off the new season. All right, well, let's um, just go back in time to kick things off, and we're going to just have a brief look at the 2019 season, which uh, was disappointing, and I guess you've got to look into the past to figure out how you fix the future. I'd say everyone would be pretty disappointed with the way 2019 wrapped up. Yeah, it was a very disruptive season in many ways. Obviously got off to a terrible start there with the with the whole sex tape scandal that got uh, got unveiled in the in the opening uh in the opening week of the competition and then the Panthers didn't really recover after that. They had a period there in the middle of the season where they went on a six or seven game winning run and we thought here we go again they're making a run to the finals but uh, I guess it all caught up with them at the end because the final few weeks of the season they they lost a fair few winnable games against the Dogs, Cowboys and a few others and they just missed out on a final spot which was disappointing. I think people probably I mean it was a big story but because Tyrone May wasn't your you know, top three, top four player at the club. A lot of people thought that it wouldn't affect Penrith in a, in a huge mm-hmm. way, but I think that we learnt throughout the year, uh, through on the record, off the record, all, all sorts of conversations, that it, it pretty much tore apart that playing squad for, for a big chunk of the year, and it took them a long time to recover, as we saw in the on-field results. Well, that's right, because players didn't know what else was out there, what else could could come after them if if more things were going to come out. So they're all a bit on edge and they're a bit unsure what was happening. And know that that would have distracted them during the week as they saw headlines and things like that. And, and it would have been hard as a as a coaching staff too to try and um, keep everything in order. So you can understand there are some excuses there, but but still um, the boys only have themselves to blame. All right, there was some highlights though, of course. A uh, great season from James Fisher Harris. He um, he's had to clear out a went to Bunnings. I saw him down there getting a yes. new shelf. Uh, for all these uh, trophies that he picked up at the end of last year. He got, what did he get, the Members Player of the Year, the Merv. Um, he got another award as well, I think, there at some point. I think he got three, didn't he, all up? So he's um, he's done. I might have got the Courage Award, I think. Yeah, he, he had an outstanding year um, for a season that was so... So disappointing for the Panthers as a whole. He really stood out and had a, had a breakout season, and he thoroughly deserved all the accolades he got at the end of the year. And um, disappointing, he he did get an injury during the preseason, which he had to have surgery for, and he hasn't we haven't actually seen him this entire preseason with the trials. But hopefully, he's back this weekend and uh, back to his best before we know it. The final word on 2019, a year, yes, the sex tape scandal did cause major drama for the club, but a year that, when you look back on in the history books, you'll kind of wonder how he didn't make the top eight, because uh, we had the second longest winning streak of all time, um, mm-hmm. of, of seven wins, uh, from round 11 through to round 18, and still somehow don't make the top eight. Um, and then, of course, you had Nathan Cleary with uh, breaking the record, now 34 points in a match um, in that last game against Newcastle, so... Yeah. You sort of look back on it and go, how didn't they make it? Well, then you um, look at those first nine games where they won one, two from nine or whatever yeah. it was. Um, I guess it, it all it all was pretty much over it during that point. But yeah, we finished the season on the high. Nathan Cleary, Penrith scored 50-odd points against the Knights and Cleary got a record haul. So hopefully that's good signs for, for this year. All right. Well, it is time to have a look at 2020. Now, the preseason is gone. It is out of the way. We all know what happened at the Nines. Um, what uh, happened at the uh, Nines? Well, <laughs> <laughs> Tell you what, the Mars Panther this week, he's back in extra time and he's got a, a yarn about um, how Ivan Cleary reacted to that with, um, with some of the bosses at wow, the NRL, okay. Graham Annesley in particular. And it's not, not an angry conversation you would, as you would think. It's, uh, mm. it's, it's an interesting yarn. The, the Mars Panther, I talked to him this week because he's just come back from Hawaii. Oh, and, um, who was he over there with? Oh, he was over there for six months. Six since, months. Since, since October. So, but he's back and he's got a good yarn on that this week. Brilliant. But, um, 
Yeah, so basically we had the uh, the nines, which we we know had a, had a disastrous ending with a with a refereeing blunder, um, one of the great refereeing blunders of all time. If it happened in an NRL game, we'd still be talking about it, but would, because yeah. it happened at the nines, it's it's gone now. It's done. Big win over the Tigers, and of course a draw with Parramatta in Bega, which is probably a fitting result for a game that was uh, put on, of course, for bushfire relief down there in Bega. I think the crowd was bigger than the entire population of Bega. Oh wow! So okay. Obviously, uh, a lot of people came from Penrith and Parramatta, and both clubs did a great job in the community there, and um, a 22-all draw to, to round out the preseason. The big news around 2020 is probably our new recruits. Uh, three new recruits, and uh, Nathan, you've got the, the lowdown on them. Yeah, so Penrith lost a fair few players towards the end of the year. Some would say they lost more quantity than quality, but I guess the two major ones were Regan Campbell-Gillard and James Maloney moving on. Um, they did lose a few minor names there as well in Tim Grant, Sam McKendry, um, but they've brought in three decent recruits which i know a lot of clubs would have loved to have on their books so the first one obviously would be the return of Apisai Coruscant um, with the Panthers for for the one season there back in 2015 before he moved on to Manly um, so yeah he, he'd be our biggest recruit for the year he, he takes a position that should been should have been filled a long time ago it's they've had so many different hookers over the last few years in Peter Wallace Wade Egan uh, Mitch Kenny, Tyrone Peachy. Sione Katoa. Sione Katoa, Don't forget the great course. Sione Katoa. Um, it hasn't, hasn't been a position they've been able to nail down for a long time, but I think with Apasai Coruscant there, um, he'll definitely have that position for the entire year. He had an excellent preseason. You could tell he really made a difference out there, and I'm very much looking forward to seeing him in action this year. Just just repeat his name for me there, Nathan. Apasai? Yes. Coruscant. Yeah, okay. Right. Yeah. I'm just looking here. They've given you a very handy uh, pronunciation oh, yeah. guide in the NRL. Uh, if you pick this up at your local news agent, free plug for them. Uh, the 2020 big league season guide. And um, Jack Hetherington, no pronunciation, but um, on some of the others, they've got pronunciations for you there. And Coroso is kind well, of. Well, that'll sure come yeah. in handy for, for some of the commentators this season, no doubt. Yeah. Rubs will have one, and probably a few of the it Fox will. commentators will need one as well. Plenty of people, by the way, who want to tell you Appy, Appy will be the buy of the year in the NRL. Well, uh, that'll be good be for case. Penrith for years. So, um, Appy Coruscant, huge signing. The second one to mention would be Zane Tendavano. Now, he's a two time Premiership winner. Now, while he didn't play in the grand final last year, he was certainly there. In the in the squad, and he was with the Roosters for for the entire season. He's going to be a, basically a direct replacement for Jay, um, for Regan Campbell Gillard, who moved on to Parramatta. Um, Tim Novato brings plenty of experience, plenty of toughness, um, and just just a, a real aggressive player that that I think Penrith needs. Um, we've always been considered, you know, one of the nicer teams that we need. A, we've been a bit of guy with a bit of attitude out there, and he'll lead the way from the front. So he's a, he's a huge signing for yeah. for the team, and played three tests for New Zealand last year. So yeah, he's a so current international player. You would say he's in the best form of his career. So that's a real great buy for the Panthers. And lastly, a player that we haven't seen yet this preseason um, due to a few different issues uh, injury-wise is uh, Kurt Catewell um, from the Sharks. Now, he's apparently a player that Ivan Cleary has been chasing for a very long time. Even back in his Tigers days, he wanted him there. So he finally got his man and, um, yeah, he's a very versatile player, can play centre, back row, can play off the bench. He's a real good utility player, so expect to see him... Somewhere in the side at some point uh, in round one. Hopefully he's fit enough and we can get our first taste of uh, Kirk Catewell on Saturday night. Yeah, and of course, if you are uh, listening to this uh, before the team uh, gets announced, it's uh, with, with the usual 4pm Tuesday this year. Yep. So 4pm uh, every Tuesday, you'll have the team list. We'll have all that for you on uh, the weekend of socials as well. But of course, you can jump onto the NRL website or the Panthers website. So there's our three on-field recruits. Of course, Trent Barrett back to the club as well in an, an off-field capacity. Um, a lot of talk that he's going to improve Penrith's attack. That was particularly in that losing streak last year, but even in the run of wins, Penrith's attack was was, was a big concern. Um, yeah. got, can get down there easily, but uh, getting across <laughs> the line seemed pretty elusive. Well, that's right, and they had one of the, the lowest um, you know, for and against in terms of attack of the whole competition. They didn't score many points last season, Penrith, except for that final game where mm. everything, you know, didn't really matter. Um, but yeah, from what I've heard from Trent Barrett, he's he's done wonders with the attack this season so far in training. We've seen a bit of it so far in the preseason. They already look a bit different. Obviously, upper side Coruscant's changed that as well. He's made them a bit more, um, more exciting to watch. But yeah, all, all the players I've spoken to have, have really raved about Trent Barrett and I think that's a great addition on Ivan Cleary's coaching staff. Yeah, he's settled in very well, and um, 
we even supplied the chairs this year here at, at Penrith, so we didn't have oh, to really? supply any chairs or anything <laughs> like that like you did at Manly, so <laughs> great. we sorted everything out. All right, we're going to have a look now uh, at, at our big storylines. Nathan and I have each um, come up with what we think will be the storyline that matters in mm. 2020. Uh, I'm going to kick it off, and for me, it's all about the Clearies in, in 2020. Now, I know that some people might say it was all about them last year with um, with Ivan coming back to the club and all that drama that happened before he finally did sign up after, of course, uh, we broke the story that Ivan was going to be heading back to Penrith or that Penrith at least had created a bit. And then we had that, all that drama with the West Tigers, created a new rivalry that will probably last for, for years between yeah. Penrith and the Tigers. But, but I think this is the year. I think that there's both Ivan and Nathan... We, we love the Cleary family. That's been a, a, an obvious thing now for a long time. Penrith is desperate for them to do well because we know if they do well, the team will do well. But you've got to look at them as individuals. Ivan, he's coached uh, hundreds of, of first-grade games now, win percentage around 47%. We know that he's been that development coach at the Warriors and at the Tigers and then at Penrith the first time around, then kind of, again, became a bit of a rebuilder last year. Um, so we know that he's got that reputation, but at some point he has to jump from being the, the rebuilder to the, the guy who can get the job done. Otherwise, mm. why are you signing a coach for three, four years? You want to win premierships. He has to become that premiership-winning coach at some point. So I think there's a lot of pressure on Ivan Cleary this year. If he goes through a second season without making the finals after Penrith made such an audacious mm. play to get him back and an expensive play to get him back at that, Ivan is the story for me this year, so he needs to get the the most out of this team for his own reputation more than anything. Ivan has always had a sensational reputation in the game. We know that. It got a little bit battered during that um, that whole Tigers thing. Rugby league moves on pretty quickly, and I think as we go into this season, not many people are even going to mention the whole Mm. Ivan Tigers scenario, but if he wants to just get back to where he was in terms of reputation, this is the year to do something. Then you've got Nathan, New South Wales halfback, debuted at a at an age and at a time when Ivan himself has admitted that wouldn't have happened if he was still the coach. But Anthony Griffin, of course, gave Nathan that opportunity down in Melbourne. Um, I think that Nathan, even though he's achieved so much in the game, there is still this lingering doubt around Nathan Cleary. You hear it all the time, people saying that it's... You know, he, he doesn't do this, he doesn't do that, he's not in that top echelon, he's, he's never going to be that. Look, he's played a lot of games now. He's going to play probably, potentially, his 100th first-grade game this year. Um, he's, he's, he's got a lot of first-grade experience beyond him, behind him. This is the year that he needs to step up. We know, we've all heard it all off-season. Uh, James Maloney is gone now. This is Nathan's team. That's all well and good to, to say it. Now we need to see it. So, in my mm. opinion, the storyline of 2020 is the Clearies. Yeah, well, I think I have to definitely agree. I think Nathan's um, got a lot of pressure on him, on him, on him this year, um, but he does have the keys to, to the car, as they say. And I think he will. Uh, I think he will stand up uh, this year. He doesn't, you know. I think he's learnt a lot from from um, James Maloney over the last couple of years, and he'll take a lot out of that. Basically, my biggest storyline is also quite similar in the fact that mine is um, is also surrounded about Nathan Cleary and his house partner. Mm. Uh, we did a story this week. Um, in the season wrap about Cleary having nine halves partners in his 79-game career. Extraordinary. Extraordinary stat that I somehow put together with your help. <laughs> <laughs> we had to go through some old team lists there. But, yeah, nine halves partners. So it's a, it's it's no wonder that he's, you know, some, at times struggled to, you know, put on a, a, a real consistent show there for the fans. But, um, yeah, it, it, hopefully... If Jerome Luai gets named tomorrow, and we suspect he will, and he'll be his half's partner, hopefully he is his half's partner for, for the rest of the season. If he is, that means things are going well for Penrith. Mm. Um, Nathan Cleary needs consistency, um, especially with uh, with his team around him. And, yeah, hopefully if that happens, we'll see a, a much different Nathan Cleary this year, a, bit, a better leader, um, someone that's taking control of the team. And, yeah, if, if Jerome Luai is the man that's going to be beside him, that, that'll be a good thing. Uh, but we'll find that out um, tomorrow um, and we'll see what happens. But, yeah, Nathan Cleary, for me, is in for a huge year and if everything pans out well for him, it will for Penrith too. So. Yeah, look, I, I agree with you on that. Um, the, the halves this year, like there's people who want to tell you that, that you know, Ivan Cleary should be naming Matt Burton there. That obviously the He's Dylan... played one game, Troy. I mean, yeah, yeah, we fell in love with him because he beat the Sharks, who we hate, but... At the end of the day, the kids played one game. Jerome Luai has been biding his time for a couple of years. There's no reason why he shouldn't uh, he shouldn't have that first crack. I don't think yeah. so. We may see Matt Burton at some capacity this season, especially if Nathan Cleary plays Origin again. Um, but yeah, 
I think Luai's the man to, to partner Nathan at least uh, until things start going bad. Well, I guess. And if they end up playing a whole season alongside of each other, we know that something's gone right for Penrith because we right. haven't we haven't hit the panic button or anything like that. Correct. All right, it is time to look at the all-important draw now because um, let me tell you that after five rounds of this competition, I think you're going to know exactly where Penrith are sitting. (laughs) We, of course, start this Saturday night against the uh, Roosters, the defending champions and the world champions, uh, winning the World Club Challenge a couple of weeks ago, Trent Robinson's side. Then it's the Dragons at Cogra, which is no easy task. A lot of anticipation about the Dragons this year. That'll be their first game at Cogra this year. Then we go down to Amy Park to play (laughs) Melbourne. Uh, then we've got the Broncos at home, which, to be honest, is probably the easiest of the five games in, in some ways, even though there's plenty that want to tell you the Broncos will do well this year. And then Canberra, last year's grand finalists um, here in round five. So that is a, a tough initiation <laughs> yeah. to the season. Yeah, it sure is, and maybe it's a good thing we're getting those games out of the way early. Um, it is a huge initiation, and if Penrith can at least win two or three out of those five games, then that's a, quite a success because just checking out the, the following five, they're actually probably quite winnable as well so um, it's not too bad but they need to jag at least two or three wins in that five some little bits and pieces of the draw for people who haven't sort of been following the offseason been in hibernation uh, we do have magic round again this year this year we're playing the gold coast in part of magic round okay um, and that is um, i think we've got to wait um, unless i'm wrong right to the very last game of magic round which is the sunday night Ooh. at six twenty-five. For the Titans and Panthers, the highly anticipated. That would be a huge Titans ratings Panthers winner, that one game. for Fox. I think, now, the, night, the, 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 um, the Magic Round was awful for us last year. Yeah. Um, that shellacking at the hands of the Tigers. Um, so uh, let's hope the Magic Round is a bit kinder to us this year. And straight after Magic Round, we go to Bathurst. So this year, we're playing the Sharks in Bathurst. We have okay. played them there before. The first one, um, actually, many, many years yeah, ago. Yeah, okay, there you go. Um, and that is the, um, I, I think that's on Mother's Day. It is. So there you go. What a great place to take your mum for yeah, Mother's Day. Well, you just, you just recently returned from and Bathurst. there's plenty of great at restaurants you can take your mum to before the game. So. about Bathurst. Like, I say go to the Knickerbocker for a schnitzel, but you say, say there's no. a lot of options there's down there. plenty of good places in Bathurst these days, guys. All right, you can read that too. It's um, on, you know, past Western Weekender editions or at westernweekender.com.au. This year, there's, um, look, there's a few Fridays, a few something like this. It's kind of mixed this year. Mm. Uh, we kind of really were the king of Fridays last year, but it's more of a, a mixed draw uh, this season. Is there a day? What, what day do you prefer for us to, to watch play? footy? Yeah. Oh, I don't mind a Friday because then you can you can head over after work and it's yeah. you know it's all happening. You get excited during the day. Friday's always good. Saturday nights are fun too. Um, I, there's not yeah. I, I I don't mind night games to be honest. Yeah, look, I, I'm probably a Friday fan to be honest with you. But one thing we do have this year is the return of Saturday football at Penrith Stadium. There was not one Saturday night game no, at wasn't. Penrith Stadium last year, but we've got it this uh, this weekend against the Roosters. So look at look, it's a it's a draw that. Um, you look at it and you, you know it's a tough initiation, but the fact that it's tough, as you say, means that you've got some winnable games that um, that follow that. So I would hope, I would think, if you're being a realist, if you can come away from with three of the first five, you'd be happy? You'd definitely be happy, yeah. Um, I mean, if we could win half of our games by around 10, you'd be happy as well because that would probably put you towards the bottom of the eight. Um, so, yeah, you, you, want it, you want to be 50-50 in those first 10 games, I reckon. All right, and some other little uh, bits and pieces this year that um, that we are doing. Uh, of course, Cronulla are now at Cogra. Uh, a bit oh, okay. Cronulla are playing How long are they there Cogra. for? A couple of years? I think they're there for a couple of years while that whole apartment Ooh. development happens there in the Shire. So that could cause big problems for Cronulla being down at Cogra. Oh, absolutely. Cogra. Um, they, they were very strong down in the Shire, so that could be a bit of a um, different one for them and their fans. Yeah, it's going to be sort of difficult for them to... To try and attach to that. That's a Friday night game, a 6 o'clock Friday game. In fact, both of our uh, games at Cogra this year, against the Dragons and Sharks, are in the 6 o'clock Friday time slot. Just for a quirky fact that means nothing, but uh, there you go. <laughs> Two games at Bank West this year as well, one against Power and, of course, uh, that Bulldogs game, uh, which was a bad loss for us last year at Bank mm. West. Uh, but we um, what, we won one from two at Bank West last year. So. Yeah, we're the first team to, to beat Power at Bank West as well. So that was certainly a... Uh a thing to nod our hat to for what was a terrible season. Yeah, it was a, a scrappy win on a Thursday night, but um, what we got there. But look, yeah, look, it's a, it's it's not the easiest draw in the world. Uh, but then on the same token, you you only play you know a Melbourne once, mm-hmm. um, so you've got that um, that. Have up we only sleep. got the Roosters once. Only as well? got the Roosters once as okay. well. So you know, you, you, you look. I'm happy with the tough. Oh, I think to be honest with you, there's no better time to get some of these teams, and in that first month of the competition, yeah. when they're a little bit rusty, a little bit hungover from the the premiership of. Last 
last year or the grand final of last year or the, you know, just trying to, you know, that, that's where you find those upsets that come yeah. in those first sort of four or five weeks. So. And, and Penrith are usually a better team midway through the season as well. That's, you know, when it starts to go bad and they go, okay, we better kick into gear now. But um, so we should pick up some wins during the year as well. But yeah, you want to get off to a good start. You don't want to be chasing your tail all year either. So hopefully... They can do they can do that and get a win this weekend. Let's hope so. All right. Well, let's uh, move on to game day itself now. Um, I want to talk um, about the game day experience this year, but also the fact that um, and we're not trying to panic anybody because I'm very against the okay. coronavirus Here we panic. Go. But there has been talk, and we've seen examples over the world of. Um, games either being called off completely um, in various competitions or being played in front of empty stadiums. And as the coronavirus panic sort of takes over, we've had fights over toilet paper and, and everything else going on. Went to on. Uh, Woolies yesterday. No wheat bix either. No so we're on porridge. The wheat bix We're on porridge. Wow. Oh, so that, 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 that could be a big problem. Like, what if Josh Mansour relies on a, a, a wheat, you well, know, that's game right. day wheat bix and he's not able to have it? <laughs> could change like, everything. This could yeah. change everything. But... <laughs> We talk about, like, do you think, sitting here right yep. now, um, and, you know, you see all the news happen as it, as it breaks throughout the oh, day and whatnot, yep. do you think <laughs> we will be in a situation where we will be shutting out fans or cancelling games in the NRL at some point this season? Uh I don't think cancelling games, but shutting out fans could be a possibility. They're already talking about it in the NBA, big league like that. They've already had meetings with, with the clubs or with the teams saying you need to have a plan in place in case we do need to play games without without fans. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think that they'll probably do that before they, mm. before they um, cancel games completely. And will we still be able to get in on a media pass? That's the crucial. <laughs> I'm sure people are worried about us getting in, but um, but, but look, that is look, it's, it could happen. It could happen. It I mean, it's going to have to take a, a fair form, fair few more cases to to arise, and you know, if they're predicting that there they could be quite a fair few more happening over the next few months, then yeah, it's certainly a possibility. I mean, I went to a concert on Saturday night at Bankwest and, you know, I usually don't not scared about certain things, but you're sort of looking around, you're going, I wonder if there is someone here in this mm. crowd that's uh, infected. And well, oh, look, and we're going to play on Thursday night in front of 30,000 at Bankwest again for the um, the Eels-Bulldogs game and then there'll hopefully be fifteen to 20,000 at Penrith. Um, but you know, let's hope it doesn't come to that. Let's hope that 2020 isn't the year of the coronavirus <laughs> struck the NRL. But um, we, we've already heard from the NRL saying that they'll basically follow government advice. So they're not going to be the, the heroes and say, no, we're proceeding. If the government says we've got to shut it down, then we'll shut it down. Yeah. And, um, we'll potentially be paying in front of no one, which won't hurt some clubs. But <laughs> for us, um, yeah. Be, it would be quite interesting, though. Uh, to It'd be awful not to be able we, to... We'll obviously out. get to watch it on television, but um, it'd just be interesting... To see how things uh, pan out there. But, yeah, fingers crossed, we're all good. Absolutely. All right. Now, the other um, game day changes that are a bit more local and um, at home is that there's no Scott McRae this year at Panthers Stadium. Um, first time in, what, first, over 20 well, first years? first time since the 97 season. So, wow. in 1997, we had Rodney O. Yes, I remember him. Um, which um, you, can, you can see some of that old footage on YouTube, actually. Um, then Scott McRae <laughs> arrived in 1998. Um, so the first year of the NRL. So in the NRL era, this will be the first time that uh, that we've gone in without Scott McRae. Now, people will say, well, what's the matter that ground announcers mm. change? Because they change all the time. But Scotty, I guess, had been part of the fabric of Penrith, and it's got a lot of people very emotional that Scotty won't be here. Well, it does. I mean, it, it, is, it, is, it is a huge change. If people don't like change, it, it's going to be a weird sound at Panther Stadium this year. I mean, Penrith have tried a lot of things with ground announcers over the year. They've given Scott a co-host. They've they've done all sorts of things. Um, but to, to get rid of him completely and go in a new direction is something new. But, um, yeah, we obviously we know the, the guy who's taken over in Zach mm. Bailey. You interviewed him the other yes. day, and we heard uh, we heard his first outing um, against the the Tigers in that trial game. And yeah, he he was he was quite good. It was different to listen to. Um, obviously, he, he's sticking to a script at the moment, which as you would if you had that job, you, you didn't want to go off the script. But yeah, Scotty was someone that uh, did his own thing a lot of the time, and um, whether you liked him or hated him, he, he was part of the Penrith. Fabric, as you said, for many years, and yeah, I'll miss him. But um, yeah, it's time for something new. 
Yeah, Zach Bailey taking over this year, who uh, many people would know is a is a journo at NRL.com and has actually done some some videos with uh, both Billy Army Kikau and Josh Mansell. Yep. Uh, so most Penrith fans would have watched those when they came out in the last few years. Uh, Josh about his recovery from his uh, his knee problems and Billy Army going back with his uh, with his family and and whatnot in Fiji and and Zach voiced those and and, and handled all that. So uh, Penrith fans do kind of know him, even if they don't know, they know him. Uh, yep. But yeah, it'll be a new voice up there this year. Uh, uh, new jersey supplier as well in O'Neill's, which means you can get cheaper jerseys. We've all talked about that. So there's little chain, little bits and pieces. It'll be a little bit different at Panther. Are Stadium we going to have some year. new new food and things at Panther Stadium? Well, I mean, I, I I don't know. I don't know. I hope that um, the cheese toasties are back. Uh, the donuts, as long as they're back, I'll be okay <laughs> yes. with that. Sure, he's a big fan of the uh, uh, the cinnamon donut, the hot yeah. cinnamon donut that they make there. Yeah, I'm sure that'll be back. I think that be, that's already in place, that van. I drove past and it's saw just it the there, other day. So just there, ready to go. <laughs> um, I don't know about you know um, hot dog prices and whatnot, but. I'm sure they'll be fine. Yeah, are they bringing, uh, bringing back the cheerleaders, I presume? Cheerleaders are back this year, um, so don't worry about that. Obviously, a lot of clubs decide that the politically correct way to go is to not have cheerleaders. Yes. Um, but, no, the, the Pantherettes are ready for another big year. They've... Um, Seen some videos. They've been doing their. <laughs> pra- some videos. They've been practicing. Uh, I think they practice Instagram on a, videos on a, on a Instagram Wednesday. No, you can follow the the girls, Penrith Pantherettes. I think on Instagram. Okay. And uh, <laughs> if you want to keep up to date with what they're doing, um, very professional group, of course. Uh, Westside Performing Arts looks after them. <laughs> so, well, they're, yeah, they're definitely back this year. Um, yeah, so no, look, I think that you'll see some new things, but obviously some of the things that you've you've enjoyed as because well. because game day has been quite boring for many years ever since they boring. You've declared it boring. Well, so sometimes you show up to a game and the, you know how we used to have the under twenties or the Holden yeah, Cup before yeah. the game. You know they got rid of that in recent years. So this is an issue that the NRL needs to figure out and, and haven't really figured out yet, and that is that this gap between. The, the, whatever mm. reserve grade game might be played, or if there is no game at all, and first grade. Now, people will say, well, it happens in other sports, happens in soccer, but, but rugby league fans were used to that kind of... That's right. And one that's game what... ends, and you've got 20 minutes of, of real full-on build-up. At the moment, you've got that 45-minute gap where nothing It's all happens. about the atmosphere, you know? You go to the games, sure, for the, for the match on the field, but you want to have a whole experience mm. um, like you do when you go to a basketball game, you know? There's always something happening. So, yeah, I think the NRL, you know, used to do that quite well. It's just about giving the crowd something, entertaining them, making them happy, you know. Well, hopefully uh, we see that um, that'll happen this year. Let's see what happens out at the Roosters game on Saturday night. All right, there are some rule changes for 2020 as well that we need to uh, have a look at. Now, we've just picked out the big two here, uh, Mm. the 2040, Mm -hmm. uh, which we saw through the trials and at the nines and things like that. So I think we can, I don't know if you agree, but I think we can pretty much be on the same page here and say that's a logical rule to implement. Yeah, I guess. I mean, if you can't get out of your 20-metre zone, then you might as well kick it down and go for it and, and try and get some sort of result out of that. But, um, yeah, I guess it's uh, it's it's one that's a no-brainer, really. I'm um, interesting to see how teams plan for it, whether they're going to, you know... Well, you know what, it is, that is interesting, an interesting part because you would hope... You would hope you don't have to plan for it, in that you don't want to be stuck behind your twenty meter line at the last. But it could snackle, be a good, it could be a good advantage. You could maybe kick it on the first or the second and go go for it, and no one will see it coming. We've got uh, some sharp you know, shooters. I, I do wonder if we'll see it, or if we it'll just become one of those rules that's there that never gets used. Similar to, um, you know, you're able to kick for touch from a from a penalty and mm. and, and get the, but very rarely does it happen. Um, Put it this way, know. it'll happen, and, and Penrith it'll happen to Penrith a lot because Penrith always seem to be a team that gets unlucky in those. Sort <laughs> yeah. What, sorry, what I was referring to there is you can get a, a 20 meter restart and actually kick for touch and get the ball back. Oh, okay. Um, and, yep, and, yep. and very rarely does that ever get implemented. But um, so I don't know if it'll be a rule like that or you know what will happen there. But yeah, we look, will see. We will see. Yes. The captain's challenge is the other one. Now this has divided people. There's people who think it's a great <laughs> idea. There's people who think it is not a great idea. I will tell you what is exactly what is going to happen with this rule. <laughs> okay. In, here we go. In, okay. Um, it'll be generally well received. Mm-hmm. Then we will have an incorrect challenge happen in the ninth minute of the game, an absolute howler in the 78th minute that the team will not be able to challenge, <laughs> and we'll have the same old debate that we have had for the last 100 and however many years of rugby league, and that is that, oh, the referees have done this, done that. Mm. Then we'll talk about, oh, should we have, should they have more challenges if there's an unsuccessful one? Yeah. This will be the debate that we will have. And, and games are going to go for longer and longer and longer, and it's already a, long enough as it is with all the referees literally nearly every time a try is scored they go up to the bunker 
for because they're, they're too scared of getting something wrong. So they, they always check it out. Yeah, this is an interesting one. Um, they've just introduced the coaches challenge in the, the NBA. Okay. And that's been very controversial as well. Um, people aren't happy with that there either. They think it'll be a one and done sort of thing over there. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how the NRL uses the, the captain's challenge. So w- w- what do they have to do? Is there a signal that they have to do? That they Well, I believe that the player has five seconds, only five seconds to say and that they And then we stop to, all the game, everyone just stops. Well, it can only tracks. happen in a, in a moment where the game has stopped. So therefore, it'll be about a knock-on that they don't think is a knock-on or a drop-on. Well, we saw that in the Charity Shield, actually, that it, it actually worked really well. Um, there was a couple of, like, three or four successful challenges. Mm. Um, so it won't be in a situation where... Um, play continues to roll on, uh, they can't challenge that situation. So it's only when there is a stoppage okay. in play that a player can, a captain can come up and say, hey, we're challenging this, and then I don't know. Who makes a... the call? Is it the bunker or is it the referees on the field? No, Are goes, they watching it the big screen? The bu- no, it goes to the bunker. So yeah. the bunker will make the call and then advise the referee if the decision stands or if the decision is overturned. And, and is this going to be a quick decision? Like, should Panthers be thinking of something they can do while all the like the teams are waiting? Should they shoot some cannons of t-shirts yeah, in the crowd or something? The captain's to, challenge t-shirt, like I know, survived like, the captain's challenge or something like that. It's just yeah, that could be a good idea. Or we could throw weekenders. Well, well Channel Nine will probably go to a break. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Channel Nine will go to a break. That's <laughs> we'll right. A break. They'll come back after the play will be finished. Uh, yeah. Well, this is this is all going to work out, and it's going to be interesting. Look, I don't think there's going to be the the thing. Will be that really. You can only have one unsuccessful challenge each. So you're not going to spend the whole game going through... Like Teams aren't going to challenge something that's really minor or they don't know. So you're not going to have a lot of stoppages there. Where you're going to have a lot of stoppages if the referees are consistently getting it wrong because that means mm. you're challenging successfully. But if you miss... If you get the challenge correct, do you get another challenge yeah, later on? you can challenge all day. So as long as you keep getting them right. Yep. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Well, so, you're, think? so you've given it the thumbs down? Yeah, like because okay. I say in the NBA they only get one challenge, Regardless right or wrong, if, ooh, and that's it. But I know in the tennis they keep getting it right. They keep yeah, having right. the challenge. So oh, I don't know. I also think, from <laughs> what I understand, um, and, and this was sort of revealed um, last week, that this didn't even go necessarily to the competition committee. To this was right from the top. Peter yeah, Valandis, we heard said, that. Yeah, um, he just wants this in. So let's let's see what happens. I guess. Um, I mean, it'll be entertaining. I look forward to the very first challenge well, and seeing what happens. But I, one thing I do think it will do, and I think that this is a good thing, is that incorrect challenges will show fans who are consistently blaming referees and whatnot mm. that that look their guys, their players get it even wrong. And when they look at the big screen and go, "Oh, challenge this, challenge this," and then it turns out not to be right, they're going to go, "Oh, that was a bit silly for us to challenge mm. that." So I think you're going to start to see. How that works? I don't know how it's going to. Work. I can. This is rugby league, so it is going oh, to have drama. It's going to have drama. It is going to get to the six second mark, and Ben Cummins is going to say, "No, it's five seconds. You missed out." Then the decision is going to be. It's going to be all over the place. So why do it? Um, like it because this is rugby league. <laughs> yeah, this is what we do. All right, let's talk about ourselves just for a minute, um, and that is extra time, uh, which is of course the Western Weekenders Rugby League lift out, which returns uh, this week. So uh, out on Friday, but you'll be able to get it from from Thursday, and digital editions out Thursday as well. Um, you're ready for another big year of chatting to the main guys? Yeah, absolutely. We're we're heading out there this afternoon, obviously, um, to chat to some of the players ahead of this weekend's game. So yeah, it all happens again. I had my six months there where it was, you know, I laid low. You know, without an extra time to to worry about. But yeah, no, it's back and it's always exciting to um, catch up with the the boys every week and and see what's going on. All right. So for those who don't uh, read extra time or haven't in the past, I don't know why you uh, haven't been, but this is the year to do it. Uh, Some some exciting new features this year. We've got a poster that um, that I know you'll be hanging up on your your wall at home. So we're going to have what? 25 posters by the end yeah, of the season. We'll have a collection of uh, 26 because cool. there's a rep round in the middle, so we'll have 26 posters. We've got enough players. Um, well, we're thinking about doing all sorts of things. Maybe one poster will just say try on it. You'll be able to take that to the <laughs> okay. ground and yeah. hold it up there. Or will there so. be a cheerleader poster? Oh, definitely. Yeah, I think there'll definitely <laughs> okay, be good. a cheerleader. There'll probably be a, a mascot poster. Okay. You know, a Zach Bailey poster? Maybe, maybe an Ivan Cleary poster. <laughs> uh, that's going to be very exciting every week. So uh, you'll have that to hang up um, or grab for your kids. Brilliant. Um, and bring it to the ground. And let me tell you, if you're hanging it up there, you might get <laughs> spotted uh, because we have our face in the crowd back. It's back. Um, now, different prizes this year. I'm not going to reveal the prizes just okay, yet, but okay. um, you've got some great prizes that you can win by being spotted. Uh, we've got our first face in the crowd this week who was at the Tigers trial. So... Um, he or she. And what, what do they have to do if they're spotted? 
They just have to pop into the weekender office, prove that they're them, yep. which normally just means turning up and sh- holding the paper up next yes, to you. Yes, or some people actually dress in the same clothes yes, they wore yes, to the that. game, just so, you know, just for more clarity. Yeah, we've had that, so, um, <laughs> you know, as long as Nathan, you're actually in charge of this. Yeah, I'm the, um, the head judge. You know, so if Nathan goes, oh, look, you've had a haircut and I can't <laughs> confirm it's you, you're out. Uh, so, anyway. Well, you, that's what happened last year. We actually had to get a few people in to, to double-check someone. So. Yes, absolutely. So, facing the crowd back, which is big. We've got our columnists. Uh, the Masked Panther has returned, as I mentioned, six months in Hawaii. Can you believe it? He um, must be getting paid a lot of good money to spend <laughs> six months in Hawaii, the Masked Panther. He, he I saw ScoMo you. over there and everything. Um, you know, I think he might resort. have broke the ScoMo story, actually. Wow. You know, he's just always, always looking for gossip. Um, so we've got um, we've got the Mars Panther back. He's got all the big scoops, um, as always. Uh, we've got uh, Peter Lang joining this mm. year. Now, Peter was part of our uh, digital coverage last year, but now he's uh, in the print edition with Lang on League, uh, and he's got all the bits and pieces. Very excited, Pete. Yes, so I ahead. spoke to him the other day, and he's already working on a, a few good things for, for this week's edition, so make sure you read that. Uh, Clinton Maynard from 2GB writing a column as well. Now, Clinton is a, a Sharks tragic, so um, <laughs> this is the thing about extra time. If you're not a Panthers fan, uh, which you should be, but if you're not a Panthers fan, you're living in Penrith, there's still some great content uh, for you. So Clinton just generally looks at the uh, the issues in rugby league in general. And then we've got uh, our friends from Fox League are back on deck, uh, so we'll have a column Did from Did we try and get Channel Fox 9 to league. do something oh, this year, Troy? Well, Channel 9. Well, uh, yeah, we tried to get Rabs, but... <laughs> Pen and paper, one of the write-up pen and paper, oh, and, you okay. know, we're going to have to... I would know, have had to decipher it, no decipher doubt. You would have gave his, that to me to Old running writing and whatever else. So. Cursive. Uh, we, <laughs> look, we love our, um, our our partners everywhere. Um, and look, Channel 9, great great coverage this year, I'm sure. Mm. You'll, you'll tell me about it. Uh, but Fox Fox <laughs> League, of course, um, our, our partnership there. So we've got the, the columnists from those guys. So Vossie, Warren Smith, Andy Raymond, all those guys will be uh Can I just give you a quick shout-out? Because this might surprise you. Yes, but the Fox League commercial is outstanding. It is a very Better good commercial. Well, we should we should talk about that. Let's 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 finish by talking okay. about the commercials so far. Nine got a commercial this year, or we're working yes. on it. Yeah. <laughs> Something out. Uh, and we've also got uh, the the preview every week. The main preview, you get the ladder in there. Um, you know, so and. Please support the advertisers that are supporting it as well because they're uh, they're a big part of making it happen. So extra time is back on Thursday. Talking of coverage, we've mentioned nine and um, and Fox League. So you got uh, three games a week on nine with uh, with the great Gus. Gus will be on. Yeah, deck. we have, they've got Gus Durlo, uh, Fatty, Andrew Johns, Darren Lockyer, Brad Fitler, Sam Thiday, a host of. Superstars there. Yes, absolutely. Ruan Sims. And then you've got Fox League, of course. Uh, the magazine shows all through the week to kick us off. And then every game live and uh, and commercial free during play for Fox League. Um, and, of course, then you've got uh, the radio coverage as well, Triple M, 2GB, and the ABC. So there is lots of ways to see and uh, hear the game this year. Mm. And NRL.com as well, by the way. What a great job uh, broadcasting most of the trials um, as well. So um, you can always check that out through the digital pass. Is that what it's called? Yeah, yeah, yep. If that's what you want to do, um, you can watch through the app. We know a few people who do that. All right. Uh, well, let's before we do our top eight predictions, let's talk about the ad. Okay. Um, because me. I don't have an issue with the ad. Yes. Okay. Uh, well, no, hang on. That's probably not right. I have issues with the ad, <laughs> but not enough that I'm all that concerned about it. I think it's fine. I it, think that it's it's. It could have been better. Of course, they it had could have the been chance better. But, but well, we, okay, I didn't know we went to set the greatest it out could of all have time. Been better people complaining about but you're celebrating 30 years of the game. You celebrate bringing back this iconic song. Yep, and then you to push out that. Yeah, it was fine. Two minute ad. There were, apparently, someone said there was about 15 to 16 seconds of actual rugby league. Uh, I'm glad you brought up coverage. this argument. I'm glad you brought out this argument. Last night I saw a Macca's ad. There was only ten, two seconds of people eating a burger. on Macca's ad was probably 15 uh, seconds long. Yeah, but the, the, but what I'm saying is that we every ad does that. Not every ad for a car is a car driving along the street. Yes, I know, but I think that they tried to, and uh, and I'm not a big fan of Paul Kent, but he was right in some respects that they tried to go on a box ticking exercise, made sure everyone was all happy. And, you know, Macklemore, like, I mean... It is the wokest NRL out of all time. It is, it is. But then you see what Fox League did. Mm. Um, they released that a couple of days ago. That was, that was genius. That was clever. You know, players going to the... Getting Jimmy Barnes to do the same yeah, song yeah. at the SFS. Players coming out of the ground and... I will was, say, I will sick. say I agree with you that you know? I like the Fox League very clever. better. But I don't get the outrage over the original ad. I, I think it's fine. 
there was not much Penrith in there either. Every every club says that. No, everyone, they I mean, do say that. Bunnies fans saying that. But as well, had you not had of all the all the other crap throughout it, you could have put more teams and gave yeah. everyone a bit of a show. I mean, I guess I just don't. Uh, I don't know. I think it's fine. I think it's not not a big issue. I think that people have overreacted. And then they have those uh, stuff ups there with the Jaborovic brothers. I know that's now <laughs> been edited and fixed. But how do you get that wrong? You spend yeah. m- thousands, millions of dollars, however it costs to put this ad together, and they get a they get a little, you know. Detail well, like that wrong. It's just bonkers. I mean, the, the thing is, I think this was a, a year in the making, this hand. A year in the making. Um, now, you know, the Panthers hype video, which and came out last week, I believe was written over a, a couple of beverages with um, Evan and, and um, oh, Jeff really? in the hotel room, uh, in the hotel there at Perth for the Nines. And here it is. It's out. It's released two yeah. weeks later. It's been it's bananas you know, um, how, how all this happens. I mean... Who have they got running the game over there? Well, anyway. But yeah, look, Fox League ad, very good ad. Fox League ad, great. Um, we're still waiting to see what Nine produce. So <laughs> I think Nine do have an ad. I think I've seen the Nine. Is it good? Um, did they use the Tina Turner song? No, nah, I don't think so. Oh, maybe they did. I don't, got I don't their know. their own. I don't watch a lot of Nine at the moment. Okay. The footy's back, so. <laughs> checking it out. Uh, but maths isn't my anyway, thing. we'll forget about the ads soon maths, enough. Maths is not my thing. Um, all right, top eight time. Uh, now, yes. now we, let's just not even play last year's top <laughs> Audio. predictions. Is that because we don't have it? or No, we've got it. Uh, in fact, <laughs> you can go back and listen to it if you really want to, but um, I don't think we went well with our top eight. Yeah. So I'm going to give you my top eight first. Okay. Okay. So, How, Which order are you doing it in? I'll go from first to, to eight. So minor premiers. Uh, Sydney Roosters. Now, I don't believe the Roosters will be premiers. I don't believe they'll win three in a row, but I do believe they'll do enough through the year to, to be the So even premiers. without Cooper Cronk? Yep. Latrell Mitchell, two big names there they're missing. A lot of their attacking weapons, gone. Trent Robinson just gets uh, something out of his... Like, oh, we all talk about Craig Bellamy and what he can get out of Melbourne, but Trent Robinson but it, it, in his last seven years at the Roosters, what's he won? Four, five minor premierships mm. or something like is that? Is there still he's, motivation there, though, for a team that's won uh, two premierships... Like, yeah, because now you want to win. win. No, I, I think that they... Well, this is the thing, though. I think they'll, they'll get caught at the back end um, mm. in terms of the finals, but I've still got them first. Okay. I've got South Sydney second. I think you add in Latrell Mitchell. You, you, you've got the certainty at the moment over the coaching situation. We know Wayne Bennett is going to step down after 2021. We know he's coming. Like We know all of that. A very settled club at the moment. I think that's what you need. No Sam Burgess, though. Um, no Sam Burgess, but I, I'm okay with South. I think they're the they'll, they'll go okay this year. Okay. Now, I put Canberra third. Um, I think Canberra, on the back of last year, just have to do well. The, the, the whole notion of losing a grand final to winning one, all of that sort of stuff, they have to be a top. If they're not a top four team, that's a very disappointing mm. The only thing that concerns me about Canberra is their halfback, George Williams. Um, we haven't seen much of him, apart from, you know, obviously in the Super League, but I've never watched any of that. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how he gets integrated into the team and whether George Williams is the, the halfback at Canberra by season's end or they'll be using another Williams in Sam Williams to finish off the year. It's a big call to, to bring in someone from England. I mean, it's done well for them in the past with some of their, their back rowers and forwards, but uh, halfback is a, is a bit different for them to integrate, so... Mm, absolutely. Well, he's played 11, 11 tests. Yeah. That's a new halfback. So well, we remember saying Tompkins was a, meant to be this superstar yeah, from yeah, England true, and he did true. nothing at the Warriors. I've got Melbourne fourth. This is acceptable. They're, gonna have a yeah. finish. They're probably going to finish yep. in the top four. Look, I put Manly fifth. And, uh, That's a big call. Yeah, look. Uh, like, what's like what's well, prompted you to put them that on, high? I'll put them just based on last year. No one really had them in the top eight last year at all. Um, they ended up finishing fifth or sixth last mm. year. Uh, I just think Des Hasler's got them, got, got, got them you, looking really good. You're almost good. guaranteed to get a turbo injury at some stage. He's <laughs> going to be out for a couple of months. They've got no hooker. They've uh, they brought in Danny yeah. Levi, I think, because they've lost their best hooker to an um, incident off-field. And, uh, yeah, that's a, that's a big call, Troy. Fifth. Uh, I still haven't heard Penrith yet. You're getting me very worried, actually, about that. But um, <laughs> look, I think if the Travoyevich brothers can have a good year, Daly Cherry Evans, obviously, we know what's happening. You know, we know he's one of the best in the business, and I think if it can all click for them, um, look, I know they've got a tough, tough start against Melbourne um, at Lotto Land on the weekend, but I, I think that they'll be there again purely because of the way Des has uh, what he got out of that squad last season. Uh, look, I put Brisbane in sixth spot. Um, I had them a little bit lower, but um, they, they scored an extra point on the back of the Darius Boyd retirement announcement because um, I just think that there'll be a bit of emotion around there. There'll also be a, 
I think a lot of people probably quite relaxed and happy and relieved about that news that, mm. that Darius has, has actually put his hand up and said, okay, this is it. Um, Seabold has a lot to prove after what was a, a disappointing um, end to last year. Almost didn't make the finals, got hammered in that first week. So I, I think that they've got a lot to prove. So uh, I think they've got issues still with the halves. I still think they think they've got that right. But uh, anyway, we'll and see. I'll, look, North Queensland on the back of um, Valentine Holmes returning. Um, on the back of a brand new stadium up there in Townsville, which I think that they'll turn into a fortress just like they did with dairy farmers. I think it's called Queensland something bank stadium, something. <laughs> I have no idea. We'll, we'll go to our producer on that just to, <laughs> to check that. But it's, uh, it's not called dairy farmers, obviously, because, um, dairy Well, we farmers. had one 300 smiles. They've had so many different. Oh, names. Yeah, yeah. Of course, I'm calling it dairy farmer stadium. <laughs> that was back in 95. It's got a time machine. Queensland Country Bank Stadium. Ah, Just rolls okay. off the tongue, that. That does. Uh, they have been <laughs> the Cowboys and Stadium names, let me tell you. Uh, but yeah, with them seventh, I think the, the return of Bell Holmes, they, 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 you know, they had their, their minus Thurston year last year just mm-hmm. to rebuild things. I think that they'll, um, they'll go well. And in eighth spot. Here we go. Drum roll. <laughs> I do have the Panthers. And yeah. as you know. Yes, this, I, I I'm quite have, surprised by this selection, yeah. Troy. Look. People just think, just because you go for Penrith, like, you know, at the end of the day, I was going to make this very real, and I was going to say that I believed Penrith were going to finish somewhere around ninth or 10th. I just don't think that the Panthers have the depth that is required to make the finals mm. if injuries strike and things like that through the year. And some of those, you know, younger players from last year, do they get a bit of burnout? Is there some second year? I just wasn't confident that it was going to happen. So you've gone to um, Queensland over the weekend, <laughs> your last weekend before the yep. season starts, and something's clicked in you. Well, I studied the uh, the three pre-season uh, situations, so the nines, uh, where I thought we looked very, very fit. Mm-hmm. Um, the Tigers trial, where I think we saw the likes of Brent Naden, who I would still, as you know, the verdict was still out on for me, but we, we saw that. Right, 2020. Yeah, well, he's on. He's in line for a big season. I can exclusively reveal he's also our cover star for the first edition of Extra Time. Oh, uh, excellent. This week. He'll be happy with that. Um, so that's uh, Nado. And, and, the, and that Eels game, I just thought that we learnt a bit from that because it looked like we were cruising there. The Eels came back at us. We, we held tough and, and just got the draw. So I looked and at it. don't forget, that game, there was a lot of players missing that we haven't yeah, seen Yeah, yeah, a lot yet, of players. You know? Still no Viliami Kikau, James Fisher-Harris. We're still missing some some key players. So I thought, look, no, I actually think that Penrith can do it. I think they can slip into eighth spot. Um, and, yeah, so I've whacked them in there. But I've got some danger danger teams. I think that the uh, I think the, the Titans could surprise <laughs> The, a year, year ago, I said the Titans would make the eight. How did that go for you? <laughs> um, I don't think Newcastle will do much. I think that oh, I actually think Newcastle's decision on that um, the, the new coach up there, um, Adam O'Brien. Yeah, I, um, I don't think I, I don't, do much either. I don't think that's a good decision. I've obviously left Parramatta out, which is which is probably the big yeah, one. Yeah, I just noticed um, that in my list. So um, everyone is loving Parramatta yep. this this off season that they think that they can do no wrong they're going to be the the leaders after 25 rounds they're going to win the comp first since 1986 yep. and you haven't put them in your top 8 yeah well i just remember back um what was the year uh was it 20 uh, what was the year that Parramatta made 2011 2012 what was that that miracle run that they had that oh, they made the grand 2009 final. Yeah, 2009. Wow, gee, I'm old. That was 2009, and everyone was talking them up for 2010, and I left them out of my top eight, and I was correct because they didn't make mm. the finals in 2010, and, and I think a similar thing is going to happen. And a couple of years ago, they had a great year too. They finished in the top yeah, four, and then right. the year later, they, they missed out in the eight as well. They so. just don't handle the pressure well, Parramatta, and I think they're going to choke. I think they're, they're very... Um, listening, Parra fans? <laughs> choke. I think they're very overrated. Yeah, I agree with you. But they're still in my, my over, I put them in my overrated <laughs> list. Anyone wants to hear a podcast about that? Sure <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's hear your top eight. All right, so I've got the uh, the mighty Melbourne Storm number one, Even, minor premiers. Yeah, yeah, okay. I'm happy to challenge that that ruling. What about um, you know Cameron Smith? Now, he just now, keeps now. going. This will yeah, be his final. It could be his final year. Yeah, in the game. but do you think now, like at some point, we he say has it every every going. podcast we do, we're like, nah, <laughs> this is the year. So I'm no, I'm just going to keep number one. They've got an excellent draw to start the year. Uh, I have no idea what it is, but I know it, I know I know it's quite easy. I mean, they've got us there at some point, round three. Yeah, got so mainly first up, <laughs> so they've got a, they've got a chance to actually go five and zero in the first um, first month of the competition. So I think the Storm will uh, will be back to okay. their best once again. Yep. Uh, I got the Roosters second. Yep. Um, after you know such a great couple of years winning the comp, I think they'll they'll still be up there this year. I've got the Raiders in third. 
Green okay. Machine. So we both got the Green Machine uh, in third. Just yeah. based on what they did last year, I think they, you know, hopefully they come back with still the same hunger um, after losing that grand final in awful circumstances. They've lost a couple of players, though, in the, the Leipana guys, and obviously Aiden C's are gone too, and I think they have John Bateman's out for the first few weeks of the season too. So that'll be an interesting start for them. I've got the Bunnies in fourth. Okay. Uh, I just think they've got a very strong side. Um, they've got a well coach. They're always up there uh, amongst the best teams in the competition. Absolutely. I've put the Eels in fifth. Oh, overrated. Yeah. You just declared them overrated. I know, but I still fifth. think they'll make the eight. I don't, yeah. think they, I don't think they'll win the comp. I think they'll win on Thursday night, but then I think they're in But I still think they'll make the eight. I still think they're, they're definitely good enough. Mitchell Moses tore parents to shreds the other day. Wow. Like, still can only get a draw. He'll play Origin this year, Mitchell Moses. Oh, declaring dear. it. Him and Nathan Cleary will be in the halves. Yeah. Um, so that's the Eels. Uh, in six, six, I've got the Cowboys. Yep. I think okay. they'll return yep. to the finals this year. Yeah, I think it's been, been a while, but um, as long as they don't have any major injuries and Michael Morgan and Val Holmes and Tumalolo are there every week, they should do well. And they, they brought a couple of other good players too in, the, in their back line. So I think they'll be a, tough to beat. I got the the boys from Penrith. Oh, in seventh. Ah, oh, seventh. Okay, that's where yeah. I predicted them to finish. I last just think year. every year I, I we always put Penrith up really high. Well, oh, I didn't. you don't, but I, I seem to you know always have faith. Yeah. And this year I'm just going to taper it back a bit. I'm still going to put them in, but I'm not going to put them in as high. I think they've bought extremely well in the off season, as we've discussed. Um, all those players that debuted last year, they got another off season and year under their belt. And, yeah, I'm really looking forward to seeing what they do this year. And hopefully they can do better than 7th and go a lot higher. But 7th is a safe pick. Yep. And I was tossing up for 8th between Brisbane and Manly, but I'm going to go the Broncos. Um, based on what you said um, this morning on the, the sum court factor, they're quite hard to beat up there. They, they've got a consistent schedule playing night games at Suncorp, and, and that always helps. And, you know, Brisbane have got a good side. I just, I'm just worried about their halves. But they're, they're pretty dangerous in the back line, and, and some of their forwards are world-class. So, yeah, that's my top eight. All right, well, there you have it. And that is our 2020 Panthers season preview. Nathan's got us finishing seventh. I say we're going to finish eighth. Well, so yes, but, in the top eight. but anything can happen in the finals. Oh, and of course anything can happen. In fact, it's it's primed for, for, for a club to finally win it from outside of that top four. Um, and look, you just never know. All you need to do is go on a run at some point through the season mm. um, and not go on a bad run like Penrith did to start it and you know you do enough to win you win six or seven in a row at any time during the year you should be making the finals yeah because um, if you're, you go on a bad run at some point a lot of your players start to get dropped and then they're bringing new ones in and then that's when inconsistency starts so yeah. you want to you want to have a good good start to the year alright well uh, don't forget to stay up to date uh, right through the year with the Western Weekender uh, with Extra Time which comes out uh, this Thursday Friday and of course online as well at westernweekender.com.au it's going to be a big season Nathan all the best for it Yes, all the best to you and the fans out there. And we'll, uh, we'll see you at Panther Stadium on Saturday night. No masks or anything like that. I'll tell you what, the mask Panther's oh, happy. Yes. He just wears a mask all well, the time. He could, um, he could bring out a special edition mask. <laughs> he may well. Just stay tuned for that because uh, the That's mask actually Panther, a good promotion. We should sell that. He is, uh, <laughs> he is he well prepared for any coronavirus outbreaks that we might have <laughs> this year. <laughs> All right, uh, enjoy the season ahead. Let's hope that uh, we're talking at the end of it after a successful one for the Penrith Panthers.